Dude, you look like a fucking uh, a Minecraft skin. Like my avatar is higher res than you. Here, let me like actually cycle my camera off and then back on. You just got frozen in the fucking creepiest dude. Dude, stop it! Stop it! Get it. no. I don't like What's it. Happening? I don't like the face. I don't like <laughs> it. I really very much do not like it. Chat. Ah, what the fuck? <laughs> stop, dude. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast, a show to, dedicated to talking about all the poggers things in life like music, video games, content creation, with a heavy focus on the first-person shooter Escape from Tarkov. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jesse Kazam, an Escape from Tarkov uh, YouTuber, Twitch streamer, just kind of general content creator. And I'm Veritas, the guy who literally just now forgot to think of anything clever to say. So, <laughs> hi. So, let's do it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I mean, and in, in, in we've got a few things lined up to talk about today that are a little bit separate from Tarkov, but just just when we think just when we think we're away, just a few hours ago, I guess now we had a we had a small update, which I think on the Twitter was supposed to be a technical update, and then we get we get two new weapons, right? We get the 1911 and the what is it called? PSSH. The PPSH. PPSH. You which, said PP. <laughs> which the 1911? We got them, boys. We got him. <laughs> we got him. The nineteen eleven is forty five, right? Mm -hmm. I haven't played. I haven't played yet today. So, but the the PPSH is not twice, right? No, it's uh, seven six two by twenty five, which is the same round as the Makarov. The Makarov? No, not the Makarov. Not the Makarov. The TT. Sorry, the TT. Because that that was at the top of my list. Was I want a full auto thousand rounds per minute TT? Why? Why I was, was just kidding. <laughs> I was, I was like, dude, what? Why? I no, want a toaster that can also print out Polaroids. What? No, I mean, that's pretty, that's cool though. I saw you were on even just a little bit. What, how, how do they feel? Well, so I went, the uh, first thing I did was go into factory offline. Um, so I, I had to buy uh, the, I, first things first, I bought the PPSH and I bought yep. the uh, 1911 there were three was the limit the purchase limit so i just bought three okay. of each um you know just in case i guess um <laughs> they uh they weren't too expensive i the 1911 i think was less than 10 grand i'd have to double check though i'm not 100 percent sure um and the uh the ppsh was like 22k um and the only mods that it had well mod was uh that i know of was the I think it was like, like a 72 round drum mag or something. Mm, um, okay. And so I had nothing. to buy it on the flea market because they were sold out and it was over 1 million rubles. Yeah. yeah. So, but I had 22,000 ruble weapon. It was a million a, ruble mag. So it's a million ruble thumbnail for my video <laughs> that I'm probably won't make. Um, so, uh, yeah, 71 rounds plus, I think it's plus one in the chamber. I don't know. But um, so I took it into, uh, Offline mode, factory, tagged and cursed, horde mode, like jacked everything up. And I killed like I had five or six of the uh of the other mags, just like the brand the, the normal like banana mags. Um yeah. and then I also had the nineteen eleven with like five or six mags. I managed to kill, I don't know, maybe like a dozen of the scavs, but 
honestly, like I think I killed two scavs with the drum mag. It was <laughs> now I granted I did have LRN PC, which okay. is the high damage rounds. Um, yep. but it's not like I was facing raiders. None of them had. Yeah. They were either wearing no armor or I. Some of them had like the untar, um, the dark blue um, untar. But gotcha. like, it it just seemed like it's something that's kind of fun. It's the same class to me as like the Keter and like the G eighteen and yeah. so, not even really, not even really like the MP five or the MPX. I actually see those like a tier above just because you can like you can spend a ridiculous amount and make them like effectively an AR with yeah, not yep. great ammo. Um, yeah, yeah, basically. But this is like right now there's no mods for it to make it super laser beamy mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't uh, it didn't tear through the scavs like I hoped it would. Um, yeah. But um, it's still going to be just was- something different, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, the the, the forty five. Um, I have to look at the ammo chart and the ammo values and see if I can uh, see if the app um, is going to get updated with uh, with the new ammo oh, stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what kind of numbers we're looking at with uh, with the forty five. There was only two rounds. There was a uh, FMJ, okay. and there was Rip. Rip was sold out, so I couldn't try it. <laughs> There's a Rip already. There's nice. Rip. Yeah, and I'm I'm honestly I'm assuming that it's pretty similar to like PST. And uh, um, it just ripped nine mil, but that's just a guess. Okay. Um, although I have to, I have to think that it would be a little bit better. Like it's like power creep, you know. Every time you come up with yeah. something, it always has to be a little. I mean, they've proven that that's not necessarily the case because they've yeah. you know released things that aren't as good as others. But um, but yeah, I don't know. Like to me, it, it's I I will never poo poo free new stuff. Hundred percent. Yep. At worst that happens, I just won't use it, and yep. I'm I'm leaning towards I probably won't use it unless I go to do a scav run early and I yep. have one, um, or unless I have nothing else to pick up. If it's between like a PPSH and a Taws, I'll pick up the PPSH. hundred percent. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting, and I think you know the the PPSH almost feels like because uh, I I guess when they teased that weapon, I thought it was going to be forty five. I don't know why. I guess I just assumed that, but third eye. Um, uh, I'll, that almost seems like a just like a fun gun that people have asked for. Like, oh, that's kind of cool because it looks 19, like a Tommy gun. That's why exactly it looks like a Tommy, especially with the drum. Um, but the you know with the 1911, I'm I think we're all super interested to see where 45 sits. How many more rounds are we gonna get? How many more weapons are gonna we gonna get with 45? You know, they've the Chris Vector, they've teased a whole lot, and the UMP and stuff like that. So, and then there's a whole lot of like, you know. A lot of some people say that 45 ACP has less pen than nine mil, but can do more damage like in real life. So I'm really interested to see how I know nothing about those actual calibers IRL or the obviously the vision where they want it to sit. But it will be interesting to see a new caliber come in on the lower tier end, you know, fast fire rate weapons and what kind of stuff we're going to we're going to get with it. And then you get all the stuff we talked about a few podcasts ago where you never know how calibers might kind of make their way back around later on when they introduce like bleeding mechanics and uh you know revise the blunt force thing and so it'll be interesting to see how they so how it goes i have a feeling that the the vector could conceivably be i could see it being a competitor to the val if 
but it, this is totally theoretical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine they made a, a a bunch of the 45 bullets have less pen, let's say 28 or something, um, less pen than um, like SP6. Yeah. Or even SP5, <laughs> but maybe a little bit more damage and maybe maybe noteworthy amounts more armor damage because mm-hmm. if the vector is one of those things that like you have a not a huge mag but you know if you get like a 25 round mag or something but yeah. it's like a laser beam what it's able yep. to do the reason why the val and the vss are so good even with sp5 is because the fire rate coupled with the yes. fact that they don't have high pen but the first bullet will hit you in the armor it, there's no chance it'll pen but it'll take a third of the armor away the next yep. bullet takes a third of the armor away the third bullet will go through the fourth bullet kills you right yeah as opposed to a goldnik which penetrates kills you um yeah but it'll shoot twice as fast as the other one so that's why the, exactly. the, the time to kills are similar so you're, yeah. you're gonna end up screwed if you come against an alton dude you know with uh you know with an arsass and he one taps you in the chest or the head right but yeah i can see you potentially depending on how they they did the ballistics i could see it being something that lives in the same realm as the the valon vss which one one on one is really good and is and can compete um yep. but i don't know that i'd necessarily want to have you know one mag of 45 against a three man team if i'm alone yeah, yeah, yeah. cuz i'm going to have to shoot reposition run away shoot to kill the second guy reposition run away you know so yeah, that's why I think that it could be, be mm-hmm. similar to to the Valor VSS, at least in the SMG realm. Yep, and, and I think that that could be really cool to almost like bring SMGs up into that status where exactly where it is a little balanced. Where if you're one v threeing, like even right now with the Val, everybody kind of you know comes down on the Val meta. But if you're if you're one v threeing somebody, it's hard to make that happen with a Val because you're just out of ammo. You know what I mean? Like the with the fire rate and everything. So uh, it'd be cool to bring an SMG up into that that realm. And once again, I have no idea what that how that compares to how it performs IRL, but that would be super interesting to see. Yeah, what the you know I think that's the thing that that we've seen a lot is that you know the, there's a lot more to it than pen. So I'm super excited to get more of the rounds in there and see what some of those other um, metrics are. But yeah. that's yeah, oh my gosh, that's super exciting. I mean, because the the I mean the vector fire rate is pretty insane, right? Like IRL, I have to imagine it's. Most SMGs are insane. Yep, for sure. Twelve hundred RPM. Somebody just said, "Whoa, whoa!" So, so that's cool. So, I think I think the future is is looking cool. Do we know? Do you remember just off the top of your head when they said the, more of the forty five stuff is coming? I don't remember. Okay, I think maybe twelve seven. Okay, that, but that's my my guess. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so that's uh, you know, that's the new stuff that we got today. I'm sure some back end updates that hopefully we'll be able to see and feel throughout the next few days. Things play a little smoother, but the the big the big thing is new guns. New guns are always fun. I totally agree with you. Any any new guns and content stuff like that, I'm never gonna, you know, say no to, even if I don't end up using it a whole lot. It's just more stuff to make the world feel just even more kind of full. Um, but I think the the main thing that we were gonna we were gonna talk about tonight is is kind of take a break from the the like hardcore deep dive discussions into the mechanics of Tarkov and how they work and talk a little bit. This has been a question that's popped up on almost every one of the podcasts. It's something that we did um, 
you know, we, we had talked about doing when we were doing viewer questions before. And a lot of people ask, you know, what did you play before Tarkov and what brought you to Tarkov? And then I even almost like, uh, you know, amended to that, like what, what I think it'd be interesting. Why did we decide to stream Tarkov? So I'd love to hear from you kind of what your background was a little bit and how you, how, whatever that was, how you ended up in, in the Tarkov community. Yeah, so I first got uh, a, built a gaming PC. I'll, I'll start there um, in college. Uh, I had played like Call of Duty and Skyrim mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that way back in the day, but nothing ever super, super serious. Um, a, a buddy of mine, Gustavo, he uh, was a Brazilian buddy of mine from college. Him and all his, his buddies, because Brazil, Brazilians are nuts and they're all good at CSGO. They're <laughs> really? all, yeah, they're all crazy. And <laughs> I love awesome. it. Uh, so he's the one that convinced me to get a gaming PC. Um, so when I when I we went to Micro Center uh, down in Boston or Cambridge or wherever the hell it is, and uh, he literally picked out everything for me, built the uh, built the gaming PC. So got into CS:GO and a little bit. I mean, I was really bad because this was like first time on on mouse and keyboard, right? Mm-hmm. So it took me yep. a, a little bit to get used. To. I mean, not it wasn't super bad because like. You know, even even playing games like Skyrim, you really get a feel for how to move and how to strafe. And, um, you yeah. know, I was like, you know, with, sitting there with a bow doing like jiggle peeks, you know, with a, <laughs> on, in Skyrim against a fucking dragon, you know. But um, I was able to start honing the, the movement and stuff. So it, it, it came pretty natural to me. Um, yeah. But CSGO was very different than any other uh you know any other fps that i had played before which yeah. was predominantly cod 4 was like the biggest one that i spent most of my time playing and then modern warfare 2 um so uh when pubg came out when it was first really big and was blowing up and it was like then you know the doc was playing it and shroud was playing it that's when i really started to get back into watching twitch um because i had watched gotcha. it a little bit a few years before that um but most mostly was watching hearthstone um, because oh, okay. I, Hearthstone was a game that I could like play at while I was working. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'd like have it up on my phone while I was at work doing software. Cause it's kind of just like, you spend a lot of time watching code compile and doing whatever. So you can just, you know, typing, 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 play a move, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, um, so that's what got really got me into Twitch and then PUBG got me into watching shroud. Um, cause there was the overlap between that and CSGO. So um watching uh shroud for super long that's when i decided that i wanted to um i wanted to start making some content for youtube because i was like top i think i was top 10 um for a, for a couple weeks i was top 5 in na first person um pubg really yeah so when when first person Ooh. first came out and then like the leaderboards first came out um it was uh it was it was pretty cool being on the leaderboards with like visions and uh choco taco and all those guys um so i was like like i'm up there i'm top five in (laughs) na like fuck yeah let's do this i'll make content i'll make (laughs) montages and my honestly my videos were good my videos were good um but it's impossible to just start a channel even if you're the best in the world without a following and, and have, you know, anything yeah. show up on YouTube. So, I mean, those videos all, they're all still there. You can go back and see my first videos. It's a couple of CSGO ones. There's one rainbow six siege one. 
um, and all the oh, PUBG ones, and they have like 36 views on them. Like they're, <laughs> um, so I started there for a while and was kind of just got a little frustrated with that, yeah. um, just because it wasn't growing. But I didn't actually. I let me walk that back. I actually didn't do it because I wanted to be a content creator. I just did yeah. it because it was like I just want to make montages. I just posted them on Facebook for my friends because friends at work and really? stuff they played like it was literally it was on facebook first and then i just started to put it on youtube because it was just easier to host um hmm. but then uh but then one day i i logged on to, to twitch and saw uh shroud playing this really weird game where he was walking around with another guy uh clean who i'd never heard of this was two and a half years ago or three years ago man uh, two and a half years ago and i just remember him freaking out he was like walking down into like this thing, crossed this little like land bridge across a river, walked up and went to like this gas station. And they were so scared because what I thought were essentially zombies or aliens, because he was so scared by whatever the AI <laughs> characters were. And all I had seen was Daisy, you know, or whatever. Yep. So I thought when he was talking about, I never saw the scabs. I never saw them, but you could hear them just yelling stuff in Russian, which yeah. I hadn't even really heard a whole lot of. So I was like, are those aliens? Like I literally had no clue. And oh, I, yeah. And I never even saw a scav. I never saw any combat. I just remember him just being super scared and me being like, I want to try this out. Um, so I uh, downloaded the game, got the standard edition. This was in November of 2017. Um, and okay. then I think I told the story of my first raid already a few episodes back. It yep. might've been, uh, it was a, the, with the second juice time or maybe the first juice time. Juice time. Juice -ju 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 time. Uh, yeah, so that's when I talked about my first raid where I, I walked around for 40 minutes in woods at nighttime and decided never to play the game again. And then February rolled around and I was bored with whatever. So I ended up uh, getting back into it. And then um, yeah. from there, I just started to... I played factory and only factory. I just did factory runs and all literally from my first raids... Um, from like February and March onward, I, they're all on video. So like you wow. can see, you can see it's it's all there. It's all on my YouTube before I streamed. Uh, because I I put up content I think February and March, and then March was my first my first ever Twitch stream. So, and then I was gonna ask, I was like, what at what point did you switch over to start streaming, and and what was the the thought there? Were there just a few friends you wanted to stream to, or were you like, hey, well I'm doing this all the time, I might as well. Yeah, so it was a couple things. One, um, so I, I, I watched Shroud play PUBG a little bit. I mean, sorry, uh, Tarkov, but he never really played it much after that in that interim period. Um, yeah. I don't know if some new games came out or whatever. So I just uh, ended up finding, coming across Smoke, who was uh, oh. and still is my favorite, my favorite streamer um, yeah. for Tarkov. Because he's a wicked cool guy, he's chill. His content is just so immersive and fucking awesome. Um, yeah, like you can. He, I think he's honestly he has the only stream that I can watch and kind of get lost in. Um, you know, so um, that was yeah. that was formative for me. I decided that uh, I I wanted to try out streaming and uh, a bunch of my friends too. Because when I played PUBG. I'd be sitting there in between, you know, when I die, I had an open mic and I'd be on my guitar with like my <laughs> amplifier, you know, just fucking around with them, making them laugh. And, uh, you know, a few of them kind of actually Gus and my buddy Brand, uh, Brandon, both of them who were 
kind of responsible for me getting into PC gaming were also the ones that were like, you should stream, dude. Uh, I think people, so I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll stream a little bit and uh, all, all downhill from there. That's funny to hear that the guitar was a part of it even before. Like, you know what I mean? That you would meme on your friends a little bit with the guitar. Like, that's super funny to hear. And so that right when you fired it up, you just kind of brought that over. I, I, I used to love way back in the day when it would be like Call of Duty, even Call of Duty 4, when I was like 16 and um, we'd get in a lobby and like in the minute countdown, I'd pull out my guitar and I'd be like, little, 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 and people would be like, yo, what's that recording? I'd be like, that's me, dude. Like, <laughs> and they'd be like, no fucking way, play play this song. And I'd be like, like, oh my God, it really is. And you really are playing, you know? So That's funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so, cool. Those were the days. I still have friends really? that that every now and then come by the stream from those days from when I was si- fifteen or sixteen years ago, where we used to play COD Four and Modern Warfare. And there, we actually, I actually made montages back then too, um, on a, another account that doesn't exist anymore. I'm pretty sure. Really? It, yeah, but um, yeah, there you go. That's that's nice. That's my story. Wow. And I'm sticking to it. Uh, all right, so yeah, tell me about uh, tell me about your whole backstory, <laughs> your fucking history, everything. I need to I need to know yeah. what what got you into this. Yeah, L-hole. so uh, <laughs> well, so I've always just been into video games, and I for sure was like a console gamer just through and through. My background was way more um, like RPGs and like single player games, like any world that I could get like immersed into. Like I was big into the games. Like when you, I remember reading about Skyrim before it came out and like people were like, you know, you could sync up to, you, you know, you could spend up to 300 hours playing all the content. And I'd be like, Oh my God, like I would get game informer magazine. And like, I was always looking forward to those types of games with quests, a million things to do. I'd never finish them. Like I never would get around to finishing them, but I just loved being in those worlds um and then there was always just like the community aspect of video games so i've always played like call of duty i mean i remember all the way back you know super smash brothers and stuff like that like i always enjoyed playing with people but i was always drawn to like the the really immersive worlds and single player questing anything like that um and then a a really like formative time was when games like destiny and the division started coming out because those were for me like at least the first huge attempt outside of the PC world to merge those two, right? To give you an RPG style gameplay where you're grinding for, you know, you know, raids and stuff like that for better gear and all sorts of stuff, but you can do it with friends and you can do it on console. So, you know, games like World of Warcraft have been doing that on PC for so long, but those types of games, Destiny Division, were games that like the first time that that was really brought to like a console space, at least for me. And I like fell down those rabbit holes super, super hard. Um, and then kind of cut to, I just weirdly went down. My friend got me just down this rabbit hole of building computers. And I built actually my first computer as a Hackintosh, not as a gaming PC. <laughs> I just wanted sounds to- like something I would do, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to build my own Mac. And I did, and it worked, and it was such a it was such a fun experience because so much of it was I, I didn't understand. Like there were times where like I would be reading forums on why you know whatever iMessage doesn't work or something, and I literally it was like another language. I didn't understand any of it, 
So I just would read it and read it and read it and just over. And it was like this weird osmosis thing for like the 39th time I read it. I was like, oh, I get it. And then I'd go do the thing. And so that journey just like really, really had me fall in love with computers and like the components to them, like PCs specifically, like building them, being able to change them out, being able to upgrade stuff. And it really just was like, I, I was so proud of the fact that I had built this thing and that I was running so smooth and I was like crushing video edits and Final Cut Pro, just like ripping through them. And it was way cheaper than buying an iMac or something where I was like, yo, I wonder if I could game on this thing. So I just got another hard drive and put Windows on it oh, and okay. I would just boot to... Yeah, no, I'm not on the Mac <laughs> side. No, no, no. <laughs> World of Tanks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I played so Civ I just, 5 as the only game I could run, <laughs> and, but not late game. Anyway. I've never, yeah, I've never even tried. I've never even tried. Um, so I just got another hard drive and just dual booted. I would just boot to Windows and started playing, you know, Call of Duty or, you know, Fortnite or whatever I could just was free or whatever I could get my hands on to play. And, um, and then just kind of fell in love with it. I was introduced to Tarkov um, via Grimm's actually. Um, I saw him play it way early in like 2018. There must have been a patch or something. And I remember like way early in 2018 being interested, going to the website, super sketched out by the website. It was just like, <laughs> it just didn't seem, but it looked kind of cool. And then uh, came back. I was watching him play again around the late summer 2018, July, August. And I just remember being fascinated at like, um, like the fact that you had to bring ammo. You know what I mean? The fact that if I reloaded, I could reload to a mag that only had 20 rounds in it. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff here and the way he talked about like the ammo and the armor and it just like, it was super fascinating. It seemed like that type of thing where like, I love like really heady. Like I was always super interested in Eve online. Like people are so hate on that game because it's like, you know, it's spreadsheets in space. And I like love it. I like any, I love information and I love yeah. processing a lot at the same time. So the fact that he would talk about Tarkov and I didn't understand a single word he was saying made me want to play it because I was like, that's a game where you have to think about so much. And so I picked it up. I picked up, yeah, standard edition. Um, Somebody said, just play factory nonstop, do hatchet runs, you know, make a bunch of money. And I, and I talked about that a little bit too. And it was a, a terrible, terrible experience. The most frustrating I've ever been playing a video game in my entire life. Um, especially because at that point, so th those kind of coincided. I built this PC. I got a Windows side. I started gaming a little bit. I bought Tarkov. And so at this point, I'd put maybe like you know, 40 or 50 hours of PC gaming in and then bought Escape from Tarkov. So when you were talking about like um, playing games and like Skyrim and just like learning WASD, you know what I mean? Like how to move, how to strafe. Yeah. I'm in factory as a hatchling trying to like figure out if you, should, have in, if you should be inverted or not. <laughs> Dude, yes. <laughs> like it was awful. It was awful. And it's so funny because we were actually just talking about this uh, like a few weeks ago in my chat. I built so many bad habits because the first thing I did was I moved as many buttons as I possibly could to my mouse. So like F, the interact button I had bound to my mouse because I didn't want to take my fingers off of W, A, S, or D ever. That I bound the escape key to my mouse. I bound like okay, one and two. Far. Dude, everything. Just I, everything to my mouse. 
And then 1300 hours into Tarkov later, it was all still bound there. And I just, because you just build those habits. So we've been, we've been breaking those habits on stream the past few weeks, but, uh, but it was just, it was one of those things where I was so in love with the concept of the game and how deep it was. And I was so new to PC gaming that like it was atrocious. And I tell you all the time that like streaming for sure saved me in Tarkov. Like, and I just kind of, it was, I just kind of decided that I, I was the same thing as you, where I was just like watching people that uh, it looked fun. It looked fun to stream at the time in my life, right before I started streaming, um, I had moved not too long ago. And so uh, there was a time where, uh, where I worked was just like full of nerds. Like we were all nerds. We all game together. We all talked about video games and the same thing. And I'd moved and there weren't any people that I could, that around me and there weren't a lot of people that cared about like PCs gaming or anything like that. And so I was like, well, this might be a way to like be able to game with people, but not with people. And, uh, you know, it just the whole Twitch craze started blowing up. So I was like, well, let me see. And, uh, even just the first few people that got in there and were able to talk to me, like, and talk me through, I remember one night I just had like a random person coming to chat and I was on night shoreline in offline mode just trying to find where rock passage was, but it was pitch black and I'm just running around behind the resort. No flashlight. I'm pretty sure I was like hatchet running offline. I don't know why. Like, and I was just in circles and the dude was like, what are you even doing? And I was like, I don't know. And so <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> you got backseated to, to where 100%. you are now. I legit, I got backseated to the point where I could actually like play the game a little bit. And, uh, and then at that point, it was just we were having a blast, and uh, and that was uh, that was ultimately why like my whole YouTube channel came out of um, Twitch chat, be- <laughs> beginner guides for Tarkov, and like super simple, like all the way down, and like breaking down of, like topics and shorter videos instead of like because there were a lot of like fifty minute beginner guides on the game, and it's just a lot of information to retain. They're all amazing guides, but I was like, well. I was like, I suck at this game and I'm learning all the time. So I have a lot of top of mind stuff that might work as a video. And then, you know, it just kind of went from there. But yeah, it was it was just the interesting timing of like building a Hackintosh, you know, starting PC gaming, watching somebody play Tarkov, wanting to get into it. And just the mess, the mess that came afterwards in the next few months of me trying to figure out how to play PC games. But uh, man, it was fun. Damn. A whole lot of Damn, dude, that's... That's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm the same way with the keyboard, um, and I still am, and I don't think I'll change. Where like I have a crouch prone, yeah, um, changing reticles, discard. Um, those are all bound to my mouse because when I have my hands on WASD, it's to me Q and E are easy, but C. Yeah. X yes. And Z, I, they every time I go to do that, I'll either hit the Windows key, Alt, yep. and then like or space bar. So I'm going to be accidentally jumping, accidentally tabbing out of the game. Um, yep. Yeah. So and I don't. Nothing uh, like dying in Tarkov. So when you see a guy, you know that you got the one second lead and you jump. And then he kills you. You have four seconds like, of jump, reset exactly. your thing. In in PUBG, it's like, ah, whatever, we'll get him next time. In Tarkov, you're like, 
I just want to die. Like it's so infuriating. So I, I still have like, I've got a G502 and I still have all the buttons mapped with things, but I was just like, how can we make this more like F F is pretty simple. I think I can move F off and then, you know, put something else on. So I just recently put on change the, like the reticle, like the optical zoom. I just put that on. Uh, and it's so much easier than try, especially if you're like leaning instead of having to hit alt and then you're like, do the little sidestep because you're now alt leaning and yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's so much easier to do it that way. So right on. Yeah, it's, right on. It's been, it's been interesting. I've also got some other weird binds too. Like because alt in PUBG was free look, um, mm. I made it free look in Tarkov. Um, but then all the alt modifiers that you have to do so many those didn't work anymore so then i had to find something that made sense the only thing that made sense to me that i didn't hate because tab was taken and shift was taken was caps lock so i use caps lock t caps lock uh, w i mean which is actually pretty easy because i you yeah. know you just reach your fucking finger over and i can hit it with my pinky and i actually yep. use the keyboard in a really weird i i i tilt it but the opposite of everybody else like if you watch like oh, CS:GO exactly dudes, it's tilted yeah. inwards, so it's yeah. actually like easier. But for me, mine's tilted outwards. Wow! So if I was to have to reach like Z, dude, you're gonna I break my fucking wrist. You oh know? yeah, that's weird. But for some reason, that's it's just it's more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's just more comfortable for me. I don't know why. I think it's because I like to have like the palm of my hand on the corner of the keyboard. For some oh, reason, because I can like move it over more easily. I don't know. It's hard to describe. Um, but also I mean, yeah. the other the other thing to keep in mind too is that because your keyboard is is tilted, then your right hand with the mouse, yeah, it, it fits See? nicely. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about. I can have a huge range of motion. Yeah. Um. So that's what that I did better with, with lower sense. I hit my I hit my keyboard all the time with my mouse. So yeah, I can see how that would be. That would be nice. Yep. Um, yeah, so there's just so many binds in keep in Tarkov. Oh, I know. In general, just like compared to any other game. Well, okay, I guess I wouldn't know, but it feels like there's way more than there should be. I mean, no, I I appreciate them all, but it's just like so complicated. Yeah. Well, just I mean, I've never played games like WoW or any of those things, but I just saw like yeah, yeah this mouse is for World of Warcraft. And there's 700 <laughs> fuck. It's like a four by six grid, and it's like yeah, no thanks. That's so true. No, that's thanks. so true. It was so complicated back in the day when I mean it wasn't complicated, but like it was complicated when you when you were especially if I were to get back into it now, it would be alien to me playing Diablo yeah. two, um, and having to like use the scroll wheel to change the ability while then like using these two different things to use the abilities. Uh, so you constantly have to like scroll wheel, right click, left click, scroll wheel down. It was yeah, I don't know. I, I used to remember oof. all of those things. Um, but, but then Diablo two had like 2% of the fucking keybinds and macros and everything. Um, like I never had to set up a macro for a game or anything like that. Yeah, um, that's so true. Of course now macro is just synonymous with like a cheat or an exploit, but I like, I'm, I'm under the impression that like in world of Warcraft, like you'd hit a button and it would like use these seven abilities in a row. And, and that was like yeah. acceptable. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really care. Um, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, what's up? What, I'd be curious to know what other games like. Wh what would you say is your, are your top three video games of all time on console, PC, anything of all time? Um, 
so to be honest with you, it's probably if if we're talking about like if we're talking about in like uh probably outside of the nostalgia factor of like games I played as a kid with my friends. You like, can you know take I mean? you can like, take nostalgia. Nostalgia has value. No, it does. It does. But I, but I like I um I appreciate looking at it through the lens of just like stuff that like I had spent the most time in and had the most fun. And I would probably say it's Division, uh, Destiny, and Tarkov. Like those are the three games where I spent the absolute most time in. And you could very much so argue with all three of those games that they were very far from perfect. Mm. Like Destiny 1, especially at launch, Division 1, and Escape... I mean, Escape from Tarkov is basically perfect. Um, but that to me really was the the like the perfect bridge. I don't know. There was just at that point in my gaming career, it was just like everything that I wanted in a video game. I got why I, I got what I liked out of call of duty, which is like the boys hanging out and just like yelling and, 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 and having fun playing that. But then I also got like this deep sense of progression. Like I'm going to play the same, you know, destiny raid mm-hmm. a thousand times trying to get this one piece of armor. You know what I mean? That really doesn't do anything for me except for give me 1%, whatever. Um, and when I, when I first started rolling into games like that, um, it's just, if I'm looking at it through the lens of how much fun did I have playing the game and how much time did I spend playing it, those three would definitely be my top. All right, all right. So that's that's interesting. For one, one of the things I need to say, because this is, although we're doing it live right now, it is an audio medium. So when you said Tarkov was perfect, I, I need to make clear <laughs> yeah. I need to make clear that that was satirical, I think, and yes. that the face I made was in extreme disgust. Um, just so I'm not associated with uh, the non-ironic, the non-ironic <laughs> statement of Tarkov. <laughs> just yes, we we was, we got to make sure we remember <laughs> that there are going to be some people that are going to be listening and not watching, and we don't want to confuse in. them. Yeah, for the <laughs> long time listener, first time caller. Oh my god, we should fucking do that. We should have we should have like a, a viewer call in. Oh, hey, man. my name is John, long time listener, first time caller. Um, I'm just uh. So I I find it really interesting because yeah. for one, um, I have never seen five seconds of Destiny gameplay in my entire life. Really, I have no idea. No, I just know it's like a grindy game. Yeah, that's all I know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I I purchased the division. And I played the division one okay. for about fifteen minutes, and I just remember like maybe maybe forty minutes, and I just remember it being marathon simulator, and I got over it, and I'm like, nope, yeah. never again. And then I, yeah, I don't, I just yeah. never played those, so um, well, I know uh, I'm sure uh, I missed out on some shit, but well, an interesting thing is I'm I'm uh, very willing to admit that like my kryptonite what you can sell me on 10 out of 10 times is potential collectible um, monsters collectible monsters yeah uh no pays potential so like the, the division is a great example of like ubisoft doing ubisoft's thing where like the first few trailers for ubisoft for the division were like just like jaw on the floor like this is going to change 
change video the world. this is going to change video games you know what i mean and then like the the delivered game was like had a huge like graphics takedown uh half of the mechanics that were in the trailer weren't in the game and stuff like that like but you can sell me on that but i didn't even care because i was like even if they add it in later and we get it one day and it's like so there was a lot of that with both both um destiny and the division where like uh you know so for destiny a lot of people think the the like fourth i think it was the fourth expansion to drop was called the taken king and a lot of people think that that's when destiny one like became destiny and everything prior to that was like we're kind of like working towards what destiny could be so you and and it's it's like a cla- like every every one of my favorite games is basically like an eye roll to somebody because you've got destiny division the game i'm most excited for in the world right now outside of tarkov is star citizen which is like the biggest collective internet eye roll that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. I just and I just can't help it, dude. I just can't help it. Like if you tell me that I can do all these things, just like you can be whoever you want, you can do anything, you can choose anything. I'm not like, yeah, but can we actually put that on a server? I'm like, that's what I want. I'm in. Where's here's my money? Like, it's just interesting. It's so totally optimistic. Wait, so I, I need to know before before I I get into my favorites. What did you think about? No Man's Sky, because I would have thought that you, that would that seems like you would be like yeah. the whole universe uh-huh. at my fingertips. Yes. No, yes, dude. I remember. I don't know how long Hello Games was working on No Man's Sky, and my brain it feels like I was like seven the first time I saw it. Like it felt like the development was that long, where I was like this tiny child, and I was like on the No Man's Sky website. I promise, I was like when No Man's Sky first came on the scene as like, we're this tiny dev that's going to make this procedurally generated game that never ends. Look at these whenever dinosaurs. That was, whenever that was, I was on the website weekly looking at blog posts, just like doing all the research. I, it was one of the most anticipated games of my entire life. I bought it and I loved it. And every person on the internet was like trying to convince me that I was an idiot for loving it and that it was a stupid game. It's it's so hard. There's I get it. Like when you say there's going to be X in the game and there's not, when you say there's going to be this, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Hello Games like lived up to what they said. It was a PR but, flop, but it was a PR flop, but that's why earlier when I when I said like the metrics I'm using when I pick my three favorite games is how much fun did I have? Yeah. So, yep, you're right. Any anybody that anything says on Reddit, they're probably right. No, they're absolutely not. But, but I remember bringing my PS4 to my friend's house and playing for 14 hours straight because we were trying to get to the center of the galaxy. And it was just like fun. It was fun. And then it's, I've actually bought it on PC recently and they've done so much to it. And it's like, it's like one of the biggest comeback stories ever. Like the Steam reviews. It's, it's absolutely insane. I see it. I see it now. So I was so excited for it too because I'm a big space guy. Yes. Um, I was so excited for it. Um, now I need to update my list because there's something else I just thought of. Um, but uh, I loved it as soon as I, it came out, and I well, as soon as I had the ability to play it, I played it, mm-hmm. and I played it like all day, every day, until I got to the center. Um, I think okay. I, I must have been one of the first um, because did you ever get to the center? I, you know what? To me, I got to where I could see the center and I never went ever. You fucking coward. <laughs> I couldn't do it. What? That was on, that was on a PS4 that I've sold since then. So I like it's, it's gone. My save, my 
I got to the planet where you could I could click on it and I could fly there and I never did. I put the controller down. <laughs> Stop. You you're the guy that that like let his love go. Like let her go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll forever oh, you're gonna be on your deathbed like where is that PS4? <laughs> I'll never know. But I mean I'm sure you watched like a YouTube video. You must yeah. have yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it hasn't been like not spoiled for me. Like I, I know, didn't yeah. spoil it for myself, and I fucking grinded. And I first of all, I oh, you know what? I can't even I can't even say what I named it because what I named it was a URL, but that URL would dox me. I named the the planet because you know how you can name yeah. You're the, so there was at the time there was like seventeen planets around the center. Yeah, it was not a lot, and there was like four yeah. that were named. So I mean, I don't know. Does that make me the fifth person? I don't know how that works. I don't know. Yeah, but I just remember going through and just being like th- the most euphoric ever, and then instantly Nothing. went sixty to zero, and then I'm like, all right, what else is on Steam? Like, I just. <laughs> but honestly, I look at it now. And I'm like not interested at all, but I loved every minute of it. And it's the same yes, thing with dude. Rust. Was it classic okay. or Legacy Rust, where there were like okay. red bears or something? Like I barely even remember because it looks nothing like the Rust. I, I played. Gotcha. I played Rust way back in the day um, when I just remember there was like one place that you could go to, and there was like two buildings, and there would be like just irradiated bears and a ver- occasionally you'd find like a rifle. Okay. And I just like loved that. That, um, I think it was like between zombies and like this current version of Russ, which to me looks like some weird ass. I don't know. But, um, yeah. but I, I really, I really liked that and, and, uh, was like, I'll come back to this at some point and then never ended up doing it. And now it's one of those games. I'm just not interested. Yeah. Um, but if I had to choose, yeah, I'm super interested to hear your your top three. So, I I, I can I say four because I don't think I can fit yeah. three. We well we threw No Man's Sky in for me as well. So okay, so um, COD four I think was the game that I yeah. took the most seriously. In I like I even used to gamble money on my own games. There was a website really? that was called the fuck was it called it was called um god i'm never gonna remember (laughs) it was like gotham.gg or something i I forget (laughs) but it was it was uh um no uh was it it wasn't game battles because i think game battles got shut down like right at the same time um but it was essentially and it was run out of like arizona or nevada or something because of the gambling laws um, mm. but effectively what you would do was you would put up a challenge to say, okay, one V one me on this map with this, these rules, um, yeah. for $10, you'd put the money up and it would go in the, the company's escrow account. Somebody could challenge you. Um, and this is actually kind of ties into how I started content creation because okay. After the first few games, I would when I played COD Four, I only ever really play. I mean, I played some Search and Destroy, which was like the sweaty, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I actually mainly thousands and thousands of hours in Cage Match and in Free for All because one v one or one v nine 
1v1v1v1v1. One 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 one, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially somebody who had Turtle Beach's headphones at the time. People just didn't know how to sound whore, and I was the ultimate sound whore. So, Yo. especially if they weren't level 44 is when you get dead silence, I just knew I would just run completely silently around the map, and I would just... It was like I had radar. It was so easy. So, my, wow. K, my KD was like 45... My um, my win ratio was like forty, you know. So like, Jeez, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take on some kids and uh, and one v one them, and I, I made some decent money in high school doing Dang. that. But there were a few people that you'd beat, and they'd go and dispute on the website. So now it's like someone's got to offer up evidence, and I was like, fuck, I need to buy a capture card and learn how this works. And that's how I started to record my first content, and how I made my first like montages back in the day was because I had a capture card. You wanted your money. I wanted to get that money because I was one of the first the one of the first ones at the time that like had, you know, a capture card for an Xbox. That's so dope. And could like, okay, well, they're disputing it. Here's a three paragraph write up about all the evidence. And here's my MP4, you know, video file with my proof. And it was like, give me my money. Give me my seven dollars or whatever. (laughs) Um, But uh, but yeah, so COD 4 was was huge for me and it made me love it made me the sound whore I am today. Um, I mean, that makes sense if that's what defined your success at one of your earliest games that you really dove into. Yep. It makes sense that it's, it's always been. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, rewinding a little bit, I think the game that was probably the most. Like, it gives me like. Pulls on my heartstrings to think about it was Ocarina of Time. Uh, yeah. Just because. I don't even think as a kid I ever beat the game just because it was so big. Like, and when you're like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know when it came out, if I was nine or 11 or for all I know, I was fucking 20. I don't remember it, but I'm sure it was, uh, you know, I was single or, or early double digit years old. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think I would get to, did you play Ocarina of Time? A little bit. It was. It never really like came as one of those formidable games for me. But gotcha. like later on in life, I went back and played a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, now I love watching speedruns of it, and people can beat it. Yeah, in, in it's like such a three cultural, minutes. Um, yeah, it's wild. But um, but yeah, I mean, just like the soundtrack, the the story, the 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 time travel component, which was really huge to me as a mechanic. I've always just loved time travel stuff. Um, so that actually connects into my the first ever pc game that i remember playing because so like there are two eras of pc gaming for me there was like microsoft flight sim 94 or in like quake (laughs) and like unreal tournament yeah yeah whenever i think about pc gaming i don't even think about that because those were like not pc game pc games it was like fucking floppy disk yeah, you know, 100%. so I was just like, a, I, I used to play flight sim. I'd go downstairs and I get my dad's respirator that he'd use when he for woodworking. Put on the respirator, put on fucking Hell sunglasses. Yeah. And I have my fucking joystick, <laughs> my joystick and I do flight sim. Uh, I That's used to incredible. fucking love that dude. My dad would come yeah. home and I'd be like <laughs> with his respirator and goggles on like, <laughs> oh, hey dad. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I. Yeah, fuck, dude. That totally remind, reminds me that I played like Duke Nukem and oh, uh, yeah, Quake yeah. and Unreal Tournament. And wow, I, I, I could not have. So that wasn't my first time with mouse and keyboard. I completely lied to you. You ever just like fucking make memories up? I guess I would have had to have played those on PC. 
Yeah. But that was just but like I mean, before. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It was a totally different, yeah. different category. Um, but yeah. yeah, so adjacent to the whole time travel thing, the first PC game that I that really like was life changing <laughs> for me was Day of the Tentacle. Have you ever heard of this game? I have not, man. I'm going to give wow. you a very short synopsis of this game. I actually streamed so it and, and the, the day I streamed it was one of the funnest streams I ever had. You streamed Day of the Tentacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so fucking phenomenal. Let me let me explain it to you. And, and this is going to. It's not going to make much sense to you, but yeah. let me see if I can paint a picture um, of just how amazingly genius this. OK. This game was so. Did you ever hear of Maniac Mansion? Uh, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know. I Lucas Arts, an old Lucas Arts game. Oh, so this was the wow. this was like the the sequel to that. I never played Maniac Mansion, but actually, in Day gotcha. of the Tentacle, there was a computer in one of the rooms that, if you walked up to and interacted with, you could play Maniac Mansion on the computer in the game. Inception. Um, but the the whole premise of this of the story is that you're at this this mansion. Uh, it's like a motel thing. Okay. It, it's like 1996 or whatever. Um, and there's three main characters. Uh, there's like the dumb airhead blonde chick that's like Phoebe from Friends. There's the fat dude with like the ACDC shirt. His name's nice. Hoagie. And then there's Bernard who's like the, you know, he's got the glasses and he's just like an awkward nerd. Um, yeah. And then there's this crazy mad scientist. Um, and then there are, for some reason, there's like a, a river out back and he does, the scientist ends up like pumping sludge into the river and what ends up happening, I like, this is one of those things that I never questioned as a child, but now that I'm explaining it out, out loud as a 31 year old adult, I realize needs some sort of explanation, but you're just going to have to go with me. There's a tentacle. Just picture like an octopus arm. But yep. like lop it off. So kind of like okay. a cone shape, but like exaggerated. So it's not like a cylinder. It's more of a cone. Gotcha. And it's got like three kind of suction cups on it. And then like that's the top suction cup is like the mouth. And that's like a tentacle. Definitely. So for some reason, the tentacle like drinks the polluted water becomes like really, really evil. And then takes over the world. So what you have to do. As it would. Yep, exactly. I mean, all of this tracks. So then what happens is you have to use. There's three time machines. Okay. Uh, that that the mad science is created out of porta potties. They're called chronojohns. <laughs> so you jump into the chronojohns and he's like, we're going to save the world by going back to yesterday and just preventing this from all happening well the scientist is kind of a dimwit in some way he's like a genius but not really um and it ends up getting all fucked up so the the three time machines go (laughs) off and one of them ends up 300 years in the past one of them that's the hoagie the fat guy one of them the girl ends up 300 years in the future and then bernard comes right back to to tonight to today so what you have to do is it's a puzzle game it's one of those point and click where it's like open and you click on door okay. pick up thing yeah. what you have to do is 
you're but you're in the same house. So one's a motel. The other one in the future is like an evil tentacle motel because it's the evil future where the tentacles oh are. So like the the humans are treated like dogs. They're like kept in cages. Um, and then 300 years in the past, it's like as if they're, like they're signing the Declaration of Independence. And like George Washington is there, but it's th- so it's the same house in the same spot, but 300 years apart in either direction. So what you do is you can pass items back and forth through the porta potty. Oh my god! So let me just give you one example of the things that you can that, that you can do. So, um, one of the things you have to do is if you go, what's a really good example? You have a uh, you have this sweater, okay? okay, and you you end up with a sweater somehow through a bunch. You end up with a bunch of items you don't know what to do with in the game. Uh, until you just have to like figure it out. I don't. I, I must yeah. have like game facted because there's no way I would have figured this out as a kid. Um, you end up with like a giant sweater. It's all gross because it was like underneath this fat guy sleeping that you ended up getting somehow from him. I I won't spoil anything because it's like it's like three dollars on Steam and they remastered it, so it's like absolutely worth playing. Oh, there you um, go. But in the in the past you end up like taking a hamster and putting him in like an ice box. So then in the future you reach into this thing and it's like. A frozen block of hamster so then you need to like thaw it out but then he's really cold so you need to like put the, the sweater put the sweater in you end up like using a crowbar on a vending machine and it dumps out like a giant stack of quarters so you put the 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 sweater in the dryer with all the quarters and it's like four hours later and you put all the quarters in so then 300 years in the future it stops and it's shrunken so then you can put it on the hamster to warm him up and then he you send it back in time and then he is used to like run on a on a friggin wheel to power because it's 300 years in the past using like Ben Franklin's battery because he has to invent the kite with the f- dude. It's like it's so good and it's like 90s graphics and the music is great and the acting is that the voice acting is fucking phenomenal. It's just such a genius. That's but you're using time as an element. That is what I love yeah. about Ocarina of time i was about to say it makes sense that they're that like the the concept of time plays such an important role yep 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 and then uh so so you have to fucking try it you have to try it i was about to say dude oh then they the fact that they remastered it they remastered it like four years ago or something wow um yeah it's 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 really a lot of fun like i said it's like less than five dollars on steam so i'm gonna literally i'm gonna fucking buy it i'm gonna gift it to you you and you can you don't have to play it (laughs) but you have to have it in your library so that people can be like what's the day of the tentacle um, so then the last game I, I want to, I'll, I'll say, but I won't go too deep into, um, is Kerbal Space Program because you know, I love nice. space stuff. I yep. love physics. Um, so the fact that like, you have to know about like the periapsis, apoapsis, like rendezvous times and Delta V and all that stuff. Like I'm all fucking about that dude. Like I saw oh. deadly play that for a few hours one day and it was fascinating. Like, because it's so I mean, over my head, I had no idea what was going on, but that's uh, that's normally what draws me to a game is when I have no idea what's happening. So it looks pretty wild. Yeah, I love I love orbital mechanics so much that um, w- there is a there is a real possibility. So KSP2 is going to be coming out at some point in the next year, really? two years, three years. I don't know. I, I, I saw it announced. I saw the fucking the trailer for it. I'm not going to lie, dude. I had tears in my fucking eyes really it was it was wonderful there is 
the or very real chance that I might play it. I might love it. I might have fun with it for a bit. And, you know, that's it. Or it honestly, it could be like my main game for like a year. I couldn't because the science content, dude, like yeah. here's how you do a, an, a, an orbital transfer. And here's how the crazy thing is, is that like you really have to know about how much fuel you have and the weight of yeah. everything. So if you want to take like a ship and go out to like the later planets, you can't make a ship that has enough fuel to get there because it'll be too heavy. So you need to assemble it in space. So you need to like put something up in orbit, which is like 10 hours of tutorials you're going to have to watch to get something up into orbit and then launch another thing and rendezvous and then dock in orbit. But you have to know like you have limited fuel. So you have to like rendezvous. It's dude, it's mind blowing the shit you can do. And then if it has real physics so like if it gets too bad it'll fucking break apart and then you're just tumbling out into space if you run out of space if you run out of um of fuel like on the moon you you can land on the moon the first time i landed on the moon i landed on the moon i had no fuel so it was like that guy is just dead like sorry bud i'm just leaving you there and in like and in like your universe like you'll always have like a little x like floating around as just like space junk because like I never was able to to, yeah, to make it rendezvous. But you, I mean, the, the the physics are so real, and you can learn so much about how space and our solar system works. Um, and that's you, pretty wild. Like just the one time that I decided I wanted to fly something into the sun because like that must be easy, right? Like you'd think it'd be easy to fly into the sun. No, 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 no. <laughs> You can't no, no, just no, no. you can't just point towards the sun and fire your rockets like that's not how it works. But I would try. You would try that. You would run out of fuel, and you and I guarantee what would happen is you would just be in an orbit with around like with <laughs> with the Earth around the sun for all for eternity. Sure. Yeah, because of the amount of energy you need to deorbit. Um. It's it's insane. I mean, think of how fast insane. we're moving. Think of how fast we're moving through space. Yeah, you have to essentially cancel that out if you want to go. Mm. It's oh, it's way more complicated yeah. than that. But uh, is it kind of just like it, does the game just like leave it up to you to trial and error and figure it out until you get there, or is there a tutorial, or is there just like you can't really enjoy it unless you have a certain amount of knowledge. Um, like where so, does it land on that spectrum? So I had I had a bunch of just basic knowledge about basic orbital mechanics, which is like basic yeah. orbital mechanics is like basic, you know, yeah, <laughs> basic quantum theory. You know, I mean, it's not that complicated, but like I but, knew yeah. I knew I could draw an orbit, and I knew that if you were facing this direction and you burned, that this orbit would change in this way. Um, Because that's the coolest part about it is that like it would show you your ship and it'll show a circle that shows you what your orbit is. And what the cool thing is, is like, let's say my microphone here. Let's let's do this. This is great for a fucking audio medium. I know. Um, But let's say like my microphone is a planet and you're orbiting here. Right. So there's a circle around it. Yeah. If you're facing this way. So your rocket is this way and you burn your rocket. What you'll actually do is this part of the circle will expand on the opposite side of your orbit. Oh, because what you're doing is you're going to be increasing the speed at which you will slingshot around. So, oh, yep. So okay. if you I, if I you wanted to come in like deorbit, you would turn oh backwards and you'd burn, and that would. Sh- 
so then you'd see the rendezvous point would be over here um and it, so it's all that's, about changing the shape of circles when burning but then that's how you like rendezvous um but so it doesn't tell you i mean kerbal space program when i played it 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 had a tutorial but the tutorial was like it got you barely out into orbit just like off the ground <laughs> yeah like off the ground and into space but it took me watching i watched the guy scott manley this uh i think he's a scottish guy um I, I had to watch maybe 20 hours of scott manley videos before i could like reliably get into orbit into an orbit Gee. where i had enough fuel to where i could like get to the moon or there's a there's another thing called uh duna it's basically like mars um, okay it's actually like it's just like closer but it's harder to get to because of like if you look at the angle that things are orbiting i forget it's been so long but like if something is slightly off tilt it's way harder to way harder to get oh, to yeah um because you need to burn a shit ton of fuel to change the tilt of your orbit if it's not just around the equator um and there are other planets that are like huge <laughs> but really far away but then off like at this angle and it's like you're going to spend dozens of hours building a ship and then putting it together just to be able to be just to be able to get in that direction, let alone land. But then because they're so massive, you won't have enough fuel to get off of the planet to then let alone get out of orbit and then get back to the planet. Um, That's wild. It's the greatest game ever made. Kerbal Space Program, in I mean, my I opinion, can, is one of the greatest games. I think the greatest I game ever made. I can see how that, yeah, like if that's the if that's the kind of entertainment that you want out of like a game that that's constantly challenging the way you're thinking. You know, what I mean, that's not like a relaxed game. That's like a you're really processing a lot of information at once. It's I'm like I, I could see like a, a mission. If you want to plan a mission, I could see mm -hmm. you saying like I'm gonna plan this, and it might take a month to put everything together. If you played four or five hours a day, um, and then Jeez. and then so Kerbal Space Program Two it allegedly is going to have like solar systems, like inter interstellar. Oh, um, whereas before Kerbal Space Program One, I played thousands of hours of it, and I landed on like three planets, and I never even oh, made my. it out to like the far farthest planets. I didn't even dip into it as much as I could have. There's modding and stuff available for it. I never got into, but KSP Two is gonna you're gonna be able to like. Dude, after this, after this, I want to watch the trailer just with you yeah, and have you just fucking experience it. I want to see the trailer for Kerbal too. That sounds crazy. I'm interested to hear, like, I, and we can kind of you know wrap it up here soon. But I'm interested to hear. So you, you've it, it's been pretty recurring through your history in games that you love space and and that type of thing. Like, have you done any research into into like Star Citizen? Because that's a game that tries to combine a lot of the like fantasy and sci-fi with a little bit more realism than just like a you know No Man's Sky where you just believe that I can grab this quantum drive like you know what I mean the yeah. fact that because the fact that you you were interested in No Man's Sky because if you had just said Kerbal Space Program I'm like okay well Star Citizen is way more sci-fi yeah, yeah but the fact that you put some hours into No Man's Sky Star Citizen at least wants to like aim right there in the middle where like every single thing in the game has us us purpose and, and and at least an ability to gain an understanding of what why it's there um but then you also go get to shoot aliens and stuff like that so yeah I no i, I have the only thing i know about star citizen and i'm not even sure if I, this was like a fever dream of mine or not but <laughs> i vaguely recall is star citizen the game that like 
you can control the faces of the characters like with the your camera. Yes, FOIP. Face over IP, yeah. Fucking A. So it was like all I could picture was <laughs> LA Noir and just like the yes. creepy um creepy realistic <laughs> but not realistic it was like yeah it was like so hard dude oh, well I, someone just showed me the the trailer to or i watched the trailer to half-life okay because i never played half-life i watched it tra- half-life had a thousand times better facial shit than than fucking then, la yeah, noir did <laughs> it was what's the what's the term um when when something's like when robots are creepy because they're like not quite human but pretty much there um fuck i feel oh yeah uh, uncanny valley it's yeah yeah, yeah. it is like uncanny valley if you had a dictionary and you could open the dictionary up to uncanny valley it should just have a picture of the main character of fucking uh la noir but yeah so that's all i know about star citizen is it is it is it good so it's like I wouldn't recommend playing it now to be honest with you because like there it's just and I'm not even going to go into like the whole history so many people it's just like Star Citizen's a scam. I don't know. I I can play it right now and I do and I enjoy it and it's fun. But it's it is super buggy. You know what I mean? The game's been playable in alpha state for which I would probably know like 5 or 6 years. Like a playable state and we're like it's like nowhere near a beta. Like it's just but they've raised like 400 million dollars like was it crowdfunded crowdfunded it's the biggest crowdfunded thing in history not just video game just thing but um the chat's gonna blow up and and people are gonna talk in the comments and everything about what star citizen is or isn't you know my meter of like am i enjoying what's happening like am i having fun in the game like it's just one of those games that really sets out to fulfill the promise of like you can be whoever you want and do whatever you want in space. Just absolutely whatever you want. You can be a pirate. Are there RPG you know, elements like a skill tree and stuff? Or there's there's not a skill tree um, or, or anything like that yet. It's uh, it's more. It's like the Second Life and No Man's Sky and just like it's so. What if I wanted to be a serial murderer? Yeah. You can do that. And as you kill more people, you get, um, as you kill more people, you'll get a higher and higher uh, rating against you. Uh, it starts with the local police will track you down and try to get you if you're locally. This is like GTA then, 3, how three stars, four stars, kinda, five stars. Kind of. And then what happens is if you commit more crimes, it actually sends out to other players in the area. Uh, and, and it's basically, we're allowing you to PVP. Go get this guy. And if you kill him, we'll pay you. Um, and then if wait, it gets I can be dog the bounty hunter. A hundred percent, right now, even in the game. And if it continues, so quantum travel. So this is where it gets heady. The planets in Star Citizen are like one fourth scale. Two planets, our planets, like something like that. Like I don't remember the exact number. They're huge, dude. And they are the, they the are they pers- how many are there? Uh, right now, there's only like five or six that you can land on. It's all in one solar system so far. They're talked about jump points, but like the the distance between them is like millions of kilometers. Can you fast you, travel, or do you, you have to like you quantum travel? So like, for, so, so, so I, you you can quantum travel in Skyrim too. You just open up the map no, and click. No, no, you can't. Not in Star Citizen. In your starter ship, you have to quantum travel from let's say you know Arc Corp to Crusader or whatever. And I'm you falling sit, so far. Mm-hmm. 
you sit at your desk and you watch the quantum travel animation with a number that goes down for like 14 minutes. And you just wait until you get there. And then as you get so better So I play ships, Hearthstone while I play. Yes. As you get better ships and bigger ships that have uh, more higher grade quantum drives, military grade quantum drives, that distance gets short that you can go faster. Can I pay real money for, can I just pay like a thousand US dollars in real life to just buy like the Millennium Falcon or? Uh, no, that's not enough money. You can pay $10,000 in real life for every ship that they've made. Wait, really? So, yes. I mean, it's I'm, called the, the Legatus pack. Yeah. So I would do that. That's, that's how they've decided to fund the game is with the ships. And that's, see, we could talk, we don't have to, we could talk about this forever. One of the great things about it is that the ships have, you would love this because every ship has a very specific like purpose and utility that they, even in the art, built ground up when you look at a ship like there are people on youtube who are study aeronautics in real life and they break down like tip to like front to back why they'll just walk around the ship in game this is there because of the forward draft and this is there this and they put the wheels there for this specific reason and this this because it all like it takes them years to put a ship in the game because it's like they they try to but make then it they like, add a quantum drive and then it's like but that's the thing is they they do their best to uh, put them both together with as little as suspension of disbelief as possible. Like the year is like, there's a year in the game. It's in the future. So there is that's always 2027. Exactly. <laughs> the that's future. always part of it where you're like, yeah, of course um, we're in the future. So it's X, Y, or Z, but it's just one of those games where every single thing has a purpose, whether you like the purpose or not, whether you like the game or not, they it's everything has a purpose. They just, they, the reason, uh, the big thing that was keeping me away is like Tarkov wipes every six months. So, you know, let's say twice a year. Star Citizen, I promise you, would wipe like 40 times a year. Like sometimes what, they wipe What if every you buy week. the $25,000 Elite Jerk Me Off pack? If you buy that with real money, you just get those ships forever, but you can save up enough credits and purchase those ships in game. But well, that would take 475,000 IRL years and you'd have to watch a loading bar the whole time. Mm, not quite 475,000 years, but yeah, a long time. And the game wiped all the time. And they just introduced persistence. So they're like, hey, we're working on persistence. The game is still going to wipe a few times a year. Mm -hmm. But we're finally at a place where you can, it feels okay to like grind up enough to buy maybe a, a slightly bigger ship, fly around. I can do more like battles and stuff like that. But the, the vision, once again, you can sell me on vision in a heartbeat, dude. Uh, and right now, you can have so much fun. It's buggy as hell, dude. It's buggy as hell. Anton played it, and like three days later, he was rolling around with the uh, the golden sidearm. And if you know Star Citizen enough to know, you have to spend $1,000 on the game to get the golden sidearm. And like three days later, that dude had like so many ships. Anton was just calling ships left and were right. People, were they like gifted to him, or was he, ro was no, he buying them? No, he was buying them. Are those like CSGO <laughs> skins? There is a referral program where you can get some ships, but he was he was buying them. Fuck yeah! I mean, I can't. I, I I half of me wants to roll my eyes, and then half of me wants to think about all the fucking CS:GO skins that I purchased. Yeah, so it's one of those things where like 
I don't know, man. As as far as a as far as a game that's got potential and like that excites me for the future, like man, you've got you, me excited and, for Star Citizen, which is and something the only I never reason thought. I bring it up is because the fact that in one podcast we can spend time talking about how much joy No Man's Sky brought you and Kerbal Space Program brought you. If you drew a line between those two games, right in the middle is just the big fat Star Citizen logo. It is all the sci-fi fun of No Man's Sky and as much intentionality as Kerbal Space Program. But from a physics standpoint, how real is it? I don't know much about physics, but it's it that's feels... The, that's the right answer. Yes. It feels real. I can black out or red out. Um, that I, if you Fuel is a part of it. So there's certain mechanics in the game that they've dumbed down because they know that the game is so broken in its alpha state. So like you can get a really far way on fuel right now. But like already they're putting these orbitable gas stations in where you can refuel your ship. Um, the weaponry, the getting out of just getting out of orbit on a planet, depending on the mass of the planet, can take three or four minutes. Because yeah. depending on how heavy your ship is, depending on how much fuel you have, uh, mining is in the game, cargo hauling is in the game, bounty hunting is in the game, like ships with all sorts of different stuff. There's people who will go and get, you know, the IRL $600 ship. And they'll take 20 different people with smaller ships and they'll all go mine and fill the ship up and haul it to the other side of the galaxy. And then the other ships are just there to protect it because it's got 4 billion credits worth of stuff on it. And then they get there and they sell it for 12 billion credits and then they divvy it up amongst the guys. And it's just like, it's all that already. And the game's like not even close to being done. So the physics element, you would be able to play it and be able to tell a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that they've intentionally turned off right now because there's like, no way to X, Y, or Z yet. Is it similar in No Man's Sky where like you point your ship and you hit the accelerator and you just fly there? Uh, yeah, like so. Yeah, right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As far as like orbiting stuff, like certain things orbit around the planets and stuff like that. But you're you but, can kind of just point and go. Someone said that it was the year was like twenty nine thirty six or something, which yeah, makes me believe like like, that like yeah, you're working with technology that that makes yeah. it so that you know that using just like solid fuel boosters. A yep. single one to get into orbit is probably not something you have to worry about, but uh, but exactly. I still might be interested in. And one of the that, that actually reminds me, so we're gonna have to fucking we'll have to check that out. I'll I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a look see. Um, it sounds like something I could really, really yeah get into. And the base game is forty five dollars. It's not people are like scam citizen, scam citizen. You can pay forty five dollars and grind real credits enough to get any ship you want. It's going to take a long time. How many fucking games you, did we buy when there were when there were consoles for sixty dollars that you play through in three hours and never touch again? I'm telling you, get the bro, fuck that's out of here. Get, get out, out of here, here. Like, kids. Forty five dollars is a really low barrier of entry. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, one really quick thing I wanted to talk about, um, yeah. was there was a game that I played at PAX. That was the only game. There was a huge line for KSP2. I should have just walked in there with like my partner badge, like content creator, and try to be like, do you know who I am? <laughs> they probably would have been like, no, get to the fucking back of the line. Um, but uh, so I didn't get to see anything about the, at the KS, KSP booth because it was like they had nothing on the outside. You had to like wait in line to get in to see something. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm sure I could probably see something on YouTube right now. But um, yeah, I did sit down with the guys and um, and talk to the devs of a game called wait i have a patch Look, i don't want to fuck it up Ooh. i don't want to fuck it up <laughs> i feel really bad backstar citizen in 2014 and i've played it 
Less than 10 minutes. No regrets, bro. It's, it's memes, man. It's memes. It's fun. Oh, all right. Can't find the patch. They, they gave. I just reorganized my whole room, so I won't be able to find it. But um, I'm pretty sure it's called Hard Space Shipbreaker, which I'm not gonna. Yeah, Hard Space Shipbreaker. I'm not gonna hard lie. Space. It's not the greatest name. Okay. <laughs> but it was super fun to play. So essentially, what it is, um, like the the backstory um of the game is essentially like. You join this company, you know, like Mining Corp 2000 and fucking whatever. And you're okay. so you're out in space because I don't know. I mean, like Earth is fucked up, I guess. Um, <laughs> there was only like one playable demo kind of thing that I did. But essentially, you go to work. Actually, did you ever see the movie Moon? No, I'm sorry. You fucking idiot. Okay, well, <laughs> so that's, I could tell that's your that homework. That would have just made this easier to understand. Yeah, so this I is don't... effectively Moon, but in in some ways that won't be even worth mentioning to you because you haven't seen it. So anybody else that has playing the home game along with me, you can, you can listen, but, um, okay. Effectively like you work for this company and, but you essentially like are immediately indebted to the company. And like, as you're working for them, like you're, you're losing more money than you're making. So you're just essentially become like a slave pretty quickly. But what you do in the game is, there are is all sorts of like old broken down dilapidated spaceships or space stations that are orbiting all over space and mm. you have to go and like you're like salvage so what you do is oh, you go okay. and you have like a plasma cutter that can cut you can change the angle of it and you have like fucking you know a gravity lasso and all these really cool things so you're like i don't know if you're like in a mech suit or if you're in a, like a little ship or i think you might just be like a dude with a suit and like a essentially like a jetpack yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. all like you're using free gravity, you know, and stuff as you're moving along and you have to cut apart pieces of the ship and different parts of the ship are salvageable. But like, gotcha. but like one of the things is that the ship might be pressurized. So if you go and you cut a hole in the side of the ship, it'll fucking blow up and like hit you off into space. Um, or some of them might have nuclear nuclear reactors as their energy source that you need to like go and like slice and grab Ooh. and like don't touch the thing otherwise it'll have a fucking meltdown. I actually melted down and exploded in front of like a bunch of people that were watching. That's cool. Um, That's so super dope. It uses a really interesting. There's like almost like this big. It was kind of like a net, a plasma net thing that is like underneath the ship. So what you have to do is essentially like cut off different elements and different pieces and then like grab them and then like toss them into like the net. And I'm sure that like you could get really good at the 3d movement through the space and like slice this yep. thing off, grab it, chuck it. Like I was already coming up with like fucking speed run strats. Um, that would, that sounds sick. And you get, you get money based on what you sell and what you savage and a uh, salvage. Um, and so it looks like it has potential. I'm, I'm excited it for it. No, what? no, no, no. Um, okay. Space early breaker. access gotta... summer this year so i talked to the devs and it was basically like let me be because I, I honestly like my dream my dream would be to like have the next kerbal space program like indie game i, w- I would love to be like the first content creator to be like the expert yes. in it and like get in with a, a company that like is h- trying to hit you know a home run and like help them make content that would be yep. like the dream. So I immediately saw space and was like these, a couple of guys sat down with them for a while. And we were talking about my robotics 
industry work and I was telling them I'm an engineer and like a streamer and so they were giving me like patches and all this other cool <laughs> shit. They're like, keep this, this well, is rare. Cool. This is rare. It's, it's just like my room's in shambles, so I don't know yeah. where it is. But um, it's this really cool, like literally, literal like yellow and and uh and black patch that's got like the logo stitched into it and it's it's pretty badass. That sounds dope. I'll definitely keep an eye on it because that sounds that sounds like fun. I love space stuff too, man. It's it's dope. Yeah. It's dope. But uh yeah, salvage gameplay is coming to Star Citizen too. Ooh, well then, you're gonna be able to, then you, fuck shipbreaker and uh you know <laughs> you're gonna be able to go like player ships that blew up previously. You're gonna be able to go and Can like, I kill the people and then sell their body for like organ and then no and then salvage their ship and then also frame somebody and then bounty them so i'm getting like i'm making this kill worth like 9x yeah yeah you know i want to say no not right now but i i you said i could do anything probably in the future okay well not now i said that this that's the vision the vision is anything but uh, that would be dope. All right. That would be super interesting. All right. Well, now that Jesse's promised and committed the developers to building those features. Yep. I hip think, in the game. I think, uh, what do you think? It's about time to wrap, <laughs> wrap her up. I think I think so. This was super fun. This was nice being able to, to talk about some other games outside of Tarkov. And, yeah, man. And how our brains work and how we kind of arrived here in the past in Tarkov and some of the things we're excited for outside of it. So I think this was, uh, this was a blast. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. So thank you all so much for, for hanging. Um, as always, this is a weekly podcast. So uh, we've been enjoying doing them live. I'm sure we'll do it again more in the future. But if not, either way, we still come out with episodes every Monday on Spotify, all the places, YouTube. Um, but thank you all so much for, for hanging out. We'll see you all next week. Peace. 